0: With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Film
1: Reviews and Movie News. Yes, it is. It's Film Reviews and Movie News with me, Stuart Pink. And some say he too is an animation character over 30 years in the making. It's Mark Searby. <laughs>
0: Hello. Hello. Hell yeah, yeah no. it it's took true. him a while yeah. to perfect well, not, everything. Not. It's nice that you said 30 years. Because that's that's the age, yeah, thing, so yeah. I'm pleased with that. Thank Ish, you.
1: that's very. I said, said over. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 in that yeah. ballpark.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's very kind of you. That really is. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, you say animation. Been a good year for animation, really, hasn't it? We're coming towards the end of the the year, and let's be honest, yeah. we've reviewed a lot of animation. Yeah, it's all
1: been going on on the CGI animation front, and it there has been loads of Play-Doh. It's been loads of cartoons.
0: Yeah. It's- yeah but then you see the thing is obviously we're now seeing the effects of uh, the the cinema uh, the the studio shutdowns in you know 2020 2021 um in that animation could continue because you could do animation from your house. I remember no you
1: saying that there's going to be loads of animation films in a few mm-hmm. years time at the time yeah i was like oh let's see let's see you're right spot on well this is yeah so (laughs) so
0: 2022 has majority majority of it has been animation really we'll see that next year as well because the majority of animation has actually been well received it's done well so Mm. i think hopefully that uh kickstart people to to you know making more animation than what we've been seeing out i'm talking about outside of you know the traditional studios that would you know obviously make them anyway you know disney and pixar and uh i was gonna say ghibli but they, they don't do much they've, they've got something coming but no um and then um you know uh cartoon saloon obviously who reviewed again earlier this year yeah. as well um so yeah let's hope that there is more um and i, t- I tell you what a sub Animation style that has been really, really popular this year is stop motion.
1: Yeah, it's back. That's it's like it, an it, old-fashioned style, isn't
0: it? That, but that's the beauty of it, yeah. isn't it? Is that everybody kind of grew up with stop motion because stop motion doesn't age. That's the thing. You think back to you know something like uh, Ray Harryhausen, you know, timeless, really. Um, Ardman, timeless. Yeah, you know, um, Laker Studios with like Box Trolls and Kubo and the Two Strings, timeless. You know, th- there's, there's a lot like that that don't age. That's the beauty of it. And this year we've had a lot of stop motion. It's probably been one of the best years for stop motion, to be honest with you. I, mm. I might actually count up how many films I've seen that have been fully or partially filmed with stop motion. Because I've seen a couple of films that have used stop motion in between scenes.
1: Yeah, they there's sort of been a few in there, sort of clipped to me, mm. just a little bit of animation yeah. in amongst it.
0: Yeah, so stop motion. Both you and I, obviously, really pleased that it's back. Um, not that it's been anywhere, but just you know, back in the mainstream again. I think that's the thing. You know, once a, maybe yeah. once a year we get a stop motion movie and we go, "Oh, it's, isn't this wonderful? It's fantastic! It's back!" And then it sort of disappears again. This year we've had quite a lot. It's so I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to total them up. I'm going to.
1: Yeah, yeah. End of the year, if we want to know how many. Yeah, motion gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm going to. Yeah, what
0: stop motion films have Included been including all the yet?
1: ones you've made in your bedroom. <laughs> With the wood <water> of figures. <laughs> oh dear, that'd be terrible. That would be terrible.
0: Yeah. Um. But talking of stop motion, so obviously we'll will let's do this week's film reviews. Talking of stop motion, we've got possibly, I think, the biggest stop motion um animated film of 2022 now. Whoa. And that, I, yeah, I do. I think that you know, I, I if you'd have told, if you'd have asked me at the start of the year, I would have said to you, well, Henry Selick's *Wendell and Wild* is is the big one but out of nowhere out of the blue in the summer suddenly writer director producer all-round good guy guillermo del toro turns around and says i've been working on a new version of pinocchio for three years it's stop motion and everybody went what
1: oh wow yeah yeah exactly
0: (laughs) exactly so Uh, This is in select cinemas and on Netflix right now. Um, This is Guillermo del Toro's version of Pinocchio. Now, what it does is this takes it back to the original source novel by Carlo Collodi. And then it tweaks it to be darker, almost horrific, really. You know, I mean, this is Guillermo del Toro. You know, that this is the area that he, he works in the majority of time. I mean, obviously, earlier this year, we had him make Nightmare Alley, which was a film noir, but it still had horror elements in it. Um, And I think while this is not a horror film per se those that know del toro's work will understand the area that this film operates in and that is a dark almost mystical area and you know it's it's set in an era where war is ravishing all of those that are put in front of it because it's set in italy during mussolini's time um but the film the film doesn't start like that, okay? I know that sounds pleak. It doesn't start like that, okay? It starts nice and upbeat and jovial. There's a couple of song and dance numbers that are entertaining, and I'm like, oh, this is this is good. However, really I think this film gets going when Pinocchio comes alive. But this is not the Pinocchio we all know and love. This is a darker version of him because he wants to be a real boy. And to him, that means signing up for Mussolini's army and going out into the big world to fight because he falls under the spell of fascists and believes everything they tell him. And he wants to help the rise of the National Party in Italy as well. I told you, this is not a light-hearted version. You know, this is not the <laughs> Disney version. Okay, yeah,
1: very different. I don't remember that being the Disney.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, But even before all of that, when Pinocchio first goes to school, he decides to skip a day because he becomes fascinated by what an elderly man and his monkey have to to say about the state of Italy, how it is at present, and how Pinocchio can help. And that in itself was already quite a dark story when it was happening. I was thinking, okay, where's this going? And basically it leads to Pinocchio going into war, which, as I said, is dark. Yeah really dark um i will say that there are fun moments in the film okay you know i said it's a nice song and dance number um the story itself is actually told by sebastian j cricket voiced by ewan mcgregor and he's a slightly sarcastic showman uh, maybe that should be Show Beetle. Is that a thing? I was, <laughs> show Beetle. I, I guess. The you greatest know, Show um, Beetle.
1: Yeah, I can see exactly.
0: that. Exactly. Yes. Well, that's what he is here. Um, The thing is that actually the way it's told via Sebastian is almost entirely different than what we've seen in previous versions of Pinocchio. There is, and I'm going to say this word again, a darkness to sebastian cricket Mm. you know he's world weary he's hesitant about things it's really only through his friendship with pinocchio and helping alongside geppetto that he finds inspiration but that inspiration isn't nice that's uh, you know i think that's possibly the overriding thing of the film here is that it's difficult you know inspiration at times is not nice you know here we have a coming of age story this is what pinocchio's story has always been about coming of age but in a very nasty time in Italy, and Sebastian J. Cricket and Geppetto are trying to shield Pinocchio from that, but he wants to make up his own mind. You know, it's almost like he doesn't want to be a real boy. He just wants to be a rebel, you know, like a yeah. like a war-ready, rebellious person.
1: It's packing a clever message in between all of that, isn't it? It is.
0: It really is. That's the thing. And this is why I keep using the word darkness, dark Mm. storytelling, whatever else. Um, Animation. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I mean, as we said, it's all stop motion. It's a rougher, more pointy style. Um, Once again, it's in keeping with the dark themes of the movie. The animation is not smooth. It's not that easy on the eye, but I think... The, because it's this alternative it makes it play into the film even better yeah, it's got an you element know, it, of
1: horror to it isn't it? Bit, kind it,
0: of it does yes you're right you're right
1: oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah
0: and it, you know it just stands out even more I think the film should win awards just on the animation alone you know, it's a very singular style. It's a very interesting style, certainly in this day and age of let's have everything smooth. Let's make everything nicely patterned, you know, all bubbly and whatever. This is not that yeah. at all. I just think the animation is wonderful. Um, But then the whole, for me, I think the whole film deserves to win some awards because it's it's a beautifully crafted film. You know, there's... Look, let's, let's be honest, there's been a lot of versions of Pinocchio. I mean, we reviewed one earlier this year. and We've no, 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 no. done two
1: so far this year, have we? We've done
0: <laughs> two so far. Yes, yes. The, <laughs> let's be honest, they're opposite ends of the scale. Um, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, when you say Pinocchio, most people think of the Disney version, which yep. I like. I think most of us grew up with. I think it's a nice movie. It's fun. However, when somebody says Pinocchio to me now, instantly I'm going to say, oh, you're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh-huh. Because
1: he's reinvented to me, it
0: me. Yeah, note. I mean, it's right. You're right there. Actually, that's the right word. Reinvented it. I, I think he kind of has. Um, I mean, this is outstanding. Is it? It really is outstanding. Do you know what? Actually, I used this word earlier. I'm going to use the word for this that I use for Ray Harryhausen: timeless. Timeless. Brilliant. I think this. Yeah, I think this film will become timeless, in that. When you go to watch it, you'll realise that it's still as beautiful to look at. Its story is still as important. Um, You know, th- those themes are still as important to this day mm. as they were w- it, when the story is set or anything else like that. So I, I don't see this ageing at all. And I think that's the beauty of it. Now, you're going to ask me, I know you are. Is this appropriate for children?
1: Yes, that was literally my next question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were going to because it's a question that keeps coming up. It's a PG. All the time. It's a PG, yes. Um, My answer would be no. Okay. Purely based on the factor of the themes of the film are very heavy very dark you know this is not pinocchio laughing and joking and you know clicking his heels down the road this is this is completely different as i said it's dealing with fascism Mm. it's it's dealing with a very evil time in italy's history and i think kids are going to be well, bored of it, to be honest. This is a movie for adults. It really is. So get them
1: to watch the original Pinocchio, and then yeah, absolutely. When old uh, yes, yes, <laughs> Bring this that down. it's
0: very true. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, I think you know, kids will still love that original Pinocchio that Disney made, um, nineteen forty, I think it was. Was it? Um, wow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was nineteen forty. or it's certainly early forties. You know that stood the test of time, but this is this is a different retelling. It's a it's a staggering piece of work. It really is, and you know, don't be surprised if this doesn't win quite a few awards, and it deservedly so. But as I said, very much geared towards adults. Very much geared towards adults. Excellent.
1: So Pinocchio, it's two hours of, of a grown-up version of Pinocchio. You'd say, um, did it did it pull on your heartstrings? Then.
0: Well, it yes. I mean, you know, so I know it. obviously that was a nice pun there, but yes, it yeah. kind of did, but in a different way. That's the thing, you know. I'm going back to it again and saying, look, it's a darker version. It's a retelling again, and it's it's taking the the bones of what we know of the the original story and changing it. And the thing is, as well, is you know we're talking about it being set in um, Italy during fascism. Well, Del Toro did that with Pan's Labyrinth. You know, that was set uh, in Spain yeah. during was- fascism as well. So you know, it it's this is why I think he set it there, is that he understands the machinations of, of storytelling during periods like that. Hmm. And well, yeah. Once as I said, outstanding. Simply outstanding, it really is. I, I was Amazing. lucky enough to see it on the big screen and I have to say it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful.
1: Awesome. Is it on in cinemas as well? It's a Netflix one, so it's it?
0: It, Yeah, yeah. It's in cinemas and on Netflix. It's only in select cinemas, but it's now on Netflix as well. So, you know, you can watch it wherever. Great. Excellent.
1: Pinocchio. So is this the best Pinocchio this year? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, the simple answer there is yes, it yeah, is. okay. Good. Yes, it really is. Finally. Really is this
1: really the is. last Pinocchio this year?
0: <laughs> um... And do you know what? I wouldn't want to answer that. I know we're only a few weeks away from the end of the year, but who knows? Who knows? You just never know. Too. You never know. Exactly. Brilliant. What else you got for us, Mark? Don't Worry Darling.
1: Oh, okay. I won't. Yeah. no, You've got this covered. <laughs> You've got this covered. No,
0: no, no. So this is the new film out on DVD and Blu-ray. It's also on digital download as well. Don't Worry Darling, uh-huh. which um, is uh, it's about a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community who begins to worry that uh, his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: now... This film has had a lot of press when it first got released, not so much about the film itself, but about the making of it and what went on, the press screening, uh, not the press screening, sorry, the premiere and whatever else. I'm going to ignore all of that. Okay, we're just going to talk about the film. Okay, that's what we do. I missed all that. You're going
1: to have to fill me in after.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you off the air about (laughs) it. Um, Now, this film was obviously set in the 1950s. I think America made some really interesting B-movies during the 1950s. You know, they tapped into paranoia that was ultimately exploding across the country due to communism and McCarthyism as well. And this is a film that uses that paranoia angle and then adds a modern twist to it, a genuine twist as well. Now, I'm not going to spoil the twist. I will say that the twist doesn't feel as profound as the filmmakers think it is
1: okay (laughs) right
0: okay however once it happens and the film settles into its new rhythm i actually enjoyed the change of pace for the big finale (laughs) but that's that's all i'm going to say about the, the the twist in it i mean you watch the trailer and you're like well there's a twist in this we know there is you know i mean you've seen the trailer you're probably going right, okay. Well, what happened? Yeah,
1: a little one of those. You sort of. I've added it to my watch list just because I want to know what on earth yes. is happening <laughs> here. Exactly, that's the thing.
0: Um, so that that's that's the later bit of the film. The early part of the film is very much a story about the struggles of a woman. Now Alice is her name. Um, who just wants to kind of live her life but her friends are all looking down on her because she doesn't want kids doesn't want to do the standard life accomplishments that they've all done you know get get a man get married have kids raise kids etc 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 obviously remember this is 1950s America yeah okay um So Alice is suddenly coming around to the fact that there is more to life than the white picket fence and the neighborhood drinks parties. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the film is set in the 1950s for these events. You know, that was the decade that was the start of the pop culture that we know and love now. Um, And it's kind of veering towards counterculture as well. So this is a very modern woman who sees a better life for herself and her husband, but is trapped in this utopian Actually, I'm probably going to call it dystopian um, society. And I think this movie is, you know, it's talking about manipulation already and how it can overwhelm a person. Yet if Alice is right, then it suddenly opens up everything, not just for her, but also for everyone living that existence. But they, I'm talking about the men in this society, you know, but make her believe she's paranoid and that nobody is out to harm her. So you have a movie that has manipulation, sexism and paranoia all rolled into one and it does it very, very well. I was really taken for most of this film. I've got to be honest. Um, And now we come to the bit which we came to last month and we seem to have come to quite a bit this year, which is Florence Pugh.
1: (laughs) Yes, she's had a good year.
0: She's, She's had a great year. Absolutely. She is brilliant as Alice. Yeah. I mean, it's such a demanding role. It really is. And she does it with such ease. I mean, I genuinely felt for her towards the end of the film. I I really wanted to help her. That was the thing, you know, and I think it's interesting that Florence Pugh has made these movies recently. I'm not talking about uh, obviously the Marvel movie, but we're talking about the wonder and a few of the movies that were reviewed where she's, she's taken on this type of character that, you need to understand every single facet of what they're who they are. It's not just three dimensional; it's like five dimensional. It kind of is. Yeah. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And in this movie, she's she's made a character who we all want to succeed in the light of what she discovers. And so, so once again, Florence Pugh, amazing, brilliant. Um, Harry Styles, he's all right. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I was mean, surprised to see him cast to
1: this because it's, it's clearly a big role. It's not like a cameo kind of.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause he's singer, married to Florence Pugh in, so their characters are married to each other, basically. Yeah. Um, he's okay. It's, you know, it's fine. Yeah, okay. it's, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Um, Chris Pine. I don't think there's enough of him as the mysterious man on the mountaintop, sort of, so to speak, basically. Um, so, you know, the, the the cast is okay. Yeah. They're all okay in it, apart from Florence Pugh, who's amazing. But <laughs> we would say that, though, really. I mean, well, yeah. Well, we may be I'm, fans. I'm, <laughs> me and you are fans. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it is true. But you and I are both fans of her work. But uh, the thing is, we're fans of her work. That's the thing. As in, her body of work, not just her Marvel stuff, but I'm talking, as we said, the wonder. You know, I think back yeah. to. Um, uh, the the period drama she did, um, I'm trying to think what it's called now. Was it Lady Macbeth? Maybe it was that. I can't, I can't remember. You know, a few years ago, that kind of announced her arrival. She's really good oh, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she's she's been nothing but brilliant. Uh, you know, I don't think we've reviewed a movie where I've gone Florence Pugh's rubbish.
1: She this? could start in a role reading the shipping forecast, and she'd make it brilliant. I'm
0: sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you would watch her reading the telephone book. That's the thing. <laughs> you really would. Um, but she's really good in this. So. Just going back to it, I I think as psychological thrillers go, I actually rather enjoyed this. I mean, the twist, the the less said about it, the better. But either side of it, you know, before that happens and after that happens, I enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed it. Nice. So the cast
1: overall, overall, it's got Harry Styles in it. Do you think this is the time I'll be seeing Harry Styles transition from like extra bit of film on the side to more like, Alana Heim was in Licorice Pizza where he's an I, actual actor now.
0: That's a really good question. I'm going to say yes, purely based on the fact that he signed a contract for a hundred million to star in six movies. And I believe this well, is the first movie.
1: Wow. Okay. Yes. Taking over the world
0: now. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I think you're right in that, you know, much like Alana Heim was very good in Licorice Pizza, which if people haven't seen it, do watch Licorice Pizza. It's a very good film. Um, he's kind of transitioning over to this um over into acting and he's finding this he's finding yeah. this you know much like um his other performance in my policeman um which we didn't review i, I saw it. it was okay you know it was all right but in that he was okay yeah
1: um
0: okay. yeah so we'll see what his career trajectory is over the next couple of years certainly um but if if appearing in this film has done anything for him, he should be taking tips from Florence Pugh.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You know,
0: if anybody wants to do a quick uh, upward trajectory in, uh, you know, being a star, speak to her. She clearly has got it down. Yeah, Yeah, do, do what she's doing, which is, you know the m- most random of movies you know she's not just gone i'm going to do marvel movies i'm going to do all these types of things she's she's doing loads of different yeah, things give it's me a really complicated well
1: character for. and i'll do it yeah
0: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's the thing so you know it's um it's working well but yeah so look don't worry darling um it's on dvd and blu-ray and on digital download and yeah i mean i as i said i, I on the whole i rather enjoyed it excellent did it give you reasons to worry darling
1: Um, It seems to me for the trailer it would, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it didn't, to be honest with you. It it didn't, but uh, I like that. Don't
1: worry, darling, it's still a good film. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've got one extra from the podcast for us, which has taken a little while in the making, I understand.
0: Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yes, it has. So um, on DVD and Blu ray now. It's also streaming on Shudder, exclusively on Shudder Ah, as well. Cool. Yeah, there's a film called Mad God. Now, the synopsis, I'm going to read you the synopsis because you've seen the trailer. We're going to come to your reaction to that trailer in a moment. Yeah. So the, the synopsis reads, a corroded diving bell descends amidst a ruined city and the assassin emerges from it to explore a labyrinth of bizarre landscapes inhabited by freakish denizens.
1: Okay. I'm still none the wiser.
0: Right. Okay. So... <laughs> Tell me what you saw on the trailer. What what you're watching it and you're going Wow,
1: I was like, Wow. wow. I mean it looks at the for starters it looks amazing, but it looks a mm. bit like they've animated that bit in the Lord of the Rings when they're making the orcs. and you're like, there's just all these strange looking things and and things coming out of the ground and like lightning bolts flying off. It looks stunning, but I've no idea what's happening.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> That's the general reaction to most people who see the trailer. <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad i so,
0: Yeah, you're not alone. Absolutely. <laughs> I was exactly the same. I was exactly the same. So the film is um, made by Phil Tippett. Now, he's a special effects genius who worked on Star Wars, Jurassic Park, RoboCop. Lo- I mean, loads. Look him up on IMDb. He's yeah. done loads. You know, the man knows his way around different types of special effects. God. Mad God has a different type of effect because it's a stop motion animation. So another stop motion movie. Another which. one? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That um, yeah. 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 It took him over twenty years to put together. He Whoa. yeah, he used his own money and then also crowdfunded to get this to completion over the years. And then it basically put him into an institution for a while. Recently, Oh, wow. Like two two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. He had to be institutionalized.
1: Blimey. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, I agree with you. When you watch the trailer, you're like, I don't know what's going on. You, you scratch your head oh. until it bleeds, really. <laughs> yeah. Much like what you said, it is one of the most addictive stop motion films, I think, since Henry Selleck made The Nightmare Before Christmas. However, this one is much more adult infinitely more adult. In fact, I think it owes a debt of gratitude to the work of Ralph Bakshi as well. Um, Anybody who knows his work, you know, Fritz the Cat, um, Wizards, um, Cool World as well. Mm. Um, It uses characters and animals and creatures in the most ghoulish and nightmarish way possible. No words are uttered. It's a film of noises only. The assassin wears a gas mask and just walks while also taking in his surroundings and the weird and wonderful creatures that that, that come close by to him. Hmm. It's, it's really difficult to describe the creatures. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I, I don't know how to describe them without somebody seeing them. I mean, they're bizarre, they're hideous, they're nasty. But because this is all done through stop motion, it doesn't feel like a horror film it's much more a weirdly addictive walk through the levels of hell. Oh, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? I suppose. It, it kind That's, of is. It you know, makes sense. What each small piece of the screen has something you want to just look at, just to see what it is and how it was made and where it fits into the story. I mean, what little story there is of it, to be honest with you. I mean, anybody expecting the assassin to go from point A to point B and things happen are going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I kinda of think it's a film that's veering more towards experimental, which is no bad thing in my book. Yeah. That, Do you think that was the always thing.
1: the plan, or was that because it's taken thirty years to make the sort of lost I, its way?
0: Or I think that's to... always been the plan. Yeah. Having listened to Phil Tippett be interviewed so you know, for several years I've always kind of been vaguely interested in his work. Um yeah, I don't think he's a guy who works to the boundaries of filmmaking i think he goes beyond that you know yeah he 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 thinks outside the box there isn't a box exactly that's the thing he's designed it that's it um it's bizarre yet quite watchable really you know quite addictively watchable i'll say this it won't be for everybody okay
1: okay fair enough yeah
0: it's bleak (laughs) it's miserable As I said, it's like walking through the levels of hell. Um, Yeah, I think anybody who's vaguely interested in this just from watching the trailer or is big into different types of animation, you know, into stop motion or something, I think they're going to be enthralled by this. I mean, it's it's a stop motion adult animation that isn't playing usual cinematic tricks and rules and whatever else it is literally its own beast. And I love it for that. I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's really stood out for me. I've seen it three times and then I watched it with the director's commentary on as well because Phil Tippett is, uh, on oh, the Blu-ray, cool. there's, there's a director's commentary between Phil Tippett and Guillermo del Toro.
1: Oh, he's back again.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he's just, this week he's got his stop motion out. We've just reviewed it not five minutes ago. Yeah. So you have two masters of stop motion talking about a stop motion movie that is unlike anything you'll ever see again. So ultimately, I've seen this fil- film four times. I'm going to be honest with you here, Stuart. It's in my top 10 films of the year.
1: Oh, wow. Cool. So, I mean, is that like a special edition version of the DVD you've got where you've, you've got the commentary it- that feels like that's a must watch?
0: no no it's 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 on the standard disc oh, that's nice. the thing yeah yeah and yeah. it's got all the more you know it's got all the footage from from earlier when he was making it as i said 20 years he'd been making this so it's got all of yeah. the bonus features on it which just add into the beauty of it but as i said it's it's a completely different movie i mean obviously i've now tried to sell it to you you've seen the trailer you're you're already interested in Trying to see what it was all about. Are you more interested in seeing it or are you thinking this just sounds too wild for me?
1: No, I'm, I'm 100% in. It, scary? it looks scary though. Um,
0: it's not scary. No, it's okay. not scary. No, no, I know you don't like your horror films. It's not a horror film, okay? It just looks gruesome. And there are, you know, there's bits dripping from eyeballs and things like that, but it's just gruesome. That's okay. all it is. Um, yeah, I'm there.
1: This looks great.
0: It's, as I said, genuinely one of my favourite films of the year, and which is weird because people are going to watch it and go, this is the most depressing and miserable and evil <laughs> movie you've ever seen. And I'm like, maybe that's just the state of my he mind loved it. this year loved or something, it. but I loved it. I, I Yeah, that's the thing. It's not, I think I loved it more for its ingenuity and its animation. Than its story, as I said, the, the story's not really there. It's very experimental. Um, but mm. it, to me, this really stood out. See so really one of those. Stood out, where
1: you can yeah. draw your own conclusions to what's happening on screen. And yes, yeah, you kind of by the end of it, we we'll probably see a different version of a film if we compared notes.
0: I th- did. You know what? That's a really good point. I think we would. I really think we would. I think, you know, if you watched it and me and you sat down, I would say to you, what about this? And you'd go, I didn't even see that. And you'd say, what about this in the, you know, the top right corner of the screen? What does that mean in terms of the assassin's journey? I'd go, I don't know. Where was this? You know, see different because bits. It is. It really is. It's a movie that you see different bits on each time. Yeah.
1: So, 30 years in the making, it probably take 30 years to kind of interpret it. Um- Fully. but
0: that's no bad thing is it <laughs> nah. that means that it's 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 continuing to be something that people are going back to i genuinely think this will be a cult classic i really do
1: yeah oh nice so mad god uh, you're mad for it um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> i am i genuinely am yeah yeah i love this movie i love it
1: yeah brilliant so it's on shudder and um, where else is dvd or
0: dvd and blu-ray yeah yeah, so Excellent. if you don't have Shudder, um, it is available um to purchase on physical media. Excellent. Well there we
1: go. Two massive um stop motion movies this week. Um it's inspired me to to get the Lego and the the Play-Doh out again
0: <laughs> Just in time you for Christmas do. You should do Listen, if it's going to take you 20 years And you make something <laughs> like like Mad God 2 uh, The Lego movie Then I'm all for it, really
1: It's going, going to take 30, 20, 30 years I better go with it time.
0: <laughs> Yeah, come on, stop talking Come on, start now <laughs> Brilliant, what you got next, next week? For us uh, so next week we're going to return To the land of the blue people Avatar <gasps> Oh, yes. So James Cameron has finally made a sequel. I mean, what are we talking? 10 years? Maybe more than 10 years? I've been teasing it since the original came out. (laughs) So there's a new Avatar movie, Avatar, The Way of the Water. Then we're going to come back down to Earth um, and we're going to go to Leicester to talk about a movie about a king that was found underneath a car park. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Love that story. And then. Yeah. And then yeah. as a special uh, podcast extra, we're going to be talking about a rom-com starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts that's uh, set in a very tropical place. Oh,
1: oh, what a lovely week. We've got Judy Roberts and George Clooney. We've got a king in a car park and we're going to Avatar.
0: I mean, that's, uh, yeah. So, that's the dream. It is dream. dream, yes.
1: Are you coming in blue, or are you coming in your head dress as the king in the car park? Which one are you going? I'm
0: I, <laughs> I'm going to blue myself. Yeah,
1: I'm more of a car park kind of guy.
0: I thought you might be. Yeah. I thought you might be. Yeah.
1: Film reviews and movie news with Stuart
0: Pink and Mark Seabee.
1: Thanks for listening to film reviews and movie news. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films. And I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to. Again, if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast, it's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com.